Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is Kathy Lip, and you're listening to Clutter Free Academy, where our hope is to help you declutter your heart, your home, and your life. We have a series going on here talking about how to really bring some peace into your life, especially if you're listening right now at the holidays. If you're listening to this as soon as it came up, this is a holiday broadcast. But these principles apply to any time of year. And I'm here with my very special guest, Sherry Gregory, who's the co-author of The Cure for the Perfect Life, and our new book that's coming out in January, which is overwhelmed. And we're basing a lot of our talks over this month off the concepts in the book, because this is the perfect time with, with, uh, December and the holidays and the new year. It's the perfect time to talk about how to not be overwhelmed. Sherry, thanks for being on with me again. Hey, thrilled to be here. Hey, so this is what we're talking about today. I'm just throwing things at Sherry. Like I'm just spitballing here. I'm sitting here with a completely trusting look on my face. (laughs) So today I want to talk about, it's it's kind of in our book, but I want to expand upon it. And it's how to build or build up your team. Ooh. Yes. So I've, I've like had that. a little, little asterisk there. I see what you there. did there. Yeah. And so um, some of you are sitting there thinking, well, I don't have a team. What do you... Okay, so we either are going to tell you how to get a team, or I consider each and every family mm-hmm. a team. So if you're single, that may be a little something different, but maybe you have a roommate, that's part of your team. So I want to talk about the importance of having a team. Sherry, I know that you have had some stark revelations about teams, especially over the past couple of months. Tell me why you are really valuing your team experiences right now. As you know, Amy Carroll and I have our own podcast yes. because of Good you, grace. inspired Woo-hoo. by Kathy Lip and Roger Lip and their amazing training. Um, so we have a podcast called Grit and Grace, Good Girls Breaking Bad Rules. And uh, we got it up and started on our own and it was doing well, but it takes a lot of work. There's a it lot does. of different roles that need to be filled. And it was... Yes. It, thank you, Robin, who edits and absolutely. takes care of everything on our <laughs> podcast. We're so grateful. And I, I came to realize I couldn't do it all. I couldn't maintain it all. And so we we followed your lead and we put a call, decided to put a call out for interns. Mm-hmm. We were amazed at the quality of people who wanted to, to, to join us and help us out. And we had so many that we actually decided to be really honest and tell them, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> so maybe some of you should join now and some of you should wait until we learn more. And a whole bunch of them still wanted to work with us. Mm-hmm. And 
it has been a total game changer. And I'll tell you, the, the work that they do is is wonderful, and I'm so glad it's being done. But really, the change for me has been, it's made me step up my game. How so? Well, if I'm going to lead, I, I have to know what I'm doing. Yeah. I can't just fly by the seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. I can't make excuses. I can make excuses to me all day long. Right. But I now suddenly have people who are waiting for their assignment. Yeah. And they can't move forward unless I know what it is and can articulate it to it, articulate it to them clearly. And, you know, so many of my listeners maybe aren't leading a team right now, but mm. they're leading a family. Yes. And those principles apply. Totally. If you can't articulate to your husband what your needs are, if you can't articulate to your kids what you need them to do, mm. you're going to be constantly frustrated mm-hmm. in this. And so, you know, some of you are leading a family, you know, along with your husbands or maybe your single mom, but there is a leadership role that's going on there. Some of you are leading in other ways at church, on the job, um, in volunteer positions. There are a million different ways you could be leading. And as we go into these holidays, you need your team more than ever, especially your family team at home. And so, yeah, go ahead, Sherry. I just want to interrupt because you and I have had this conversation. Some women aren't comfortable with the word lead. It's so true. And I was that. I am so thrilled that you are embracing it for for many, many years. If I called you a leader, you would, you would, you would say, no, 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 no. (laughs) Why is it so easy? Do you think for men to call themselves leaders and women shy away from that role? I don't think we have time for all the answers to that. (laughs) I'll just say, I think we're really comfortable with, with uh, terms like coach, mentor, supporter, facilitator. So as you're listening, pick the word that works for you, because if you're by any means being turned off by the, by the L word, we don't (laughs) want that to get in the way, but, but leadership really is simply influence. It's yeah. helping people get from point A to point B. That's leadership. And sometimes it's just about being part of a team, maybe yes. not even the leader. So I want to talk about four ways to build your team. Okay. And we've got um, a bunch of different ones that we can talk about here. But I want to talk about reciprocal help at mm. first. Uh, I did this for years and there it can look a lot of different ways. But one of the things that I did, some of you guys know about this, my grand experiment with freezer cooking, which by the way, was a total success. But what we did is we took it from just personal freezer cooking and we did a team oh, freezer cooking. It. it was called Six Chicks Freeze and Fix. That is the best so, name. <laughs> I, isn't it fun? And so I know you'll be shocked I came up with it. Um, three. So each of the six chicks and eventually it became five chicks and a dude, but it didn't sound as good. So yeah. we said, Elliot, you just have to be a chick. Um, <laughs> we would each make three meals, three separate recipes, but we'd make six family size meals. Wow. Okay. And then we'd all to get, get together at the Costco park parking lot and look like the weirdest drug deal you've ever seen, <laughs> like all these soccer moms. But we would we would do this and we would go home with 18 different frozen wow. meals. And except for asking, you know, accepting Roger as my husband and accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, best decision I've ever made in sure. my entire life. And so we were all helping each other. Sure. And I love that because I felt like it wasn't all up to me. And I think mm. that there's real benefit in feeling like it's not all up to you. When you don't feel like you're the bottom line all the time, it it's very freeing. Mm. And so, and what I loved, there was one woman who was great at casseroles and another woman, she just loved to do sure. soups. And so we would just say, hey, go with your specialty. But what it did is it benefited all of us. So reciprocal help. So how could that look in somebody's everyday life? Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm, 
I'm thinking back to when my kids were younger, how I could have done it mm-hmm. back when I didn't even know that asking for help of any uh, kind was yes. a thing. Yes. We can talk about that some mm-hmm. other time. But, um, you know, as a teacher, I would have been more than glad to have several neighborhood kids come over. Maybe one or two other moms could have sent their kids to my house. Mm-hmm. I would have been happy to supervise homework for the evening. Yeah. I could have set them up in little stations. I could have helped them probably with almost every subject they did mm. if they would please go to Costco for me. <laughs> yeah, Costco's Anything not your favorite. Costco. Yeah. Costco's going to come up a lot tonight oh, or today absolutely. while we're talking. Yeah. It's cause it, d- going with your skills. Yes. What is overwhelming to you is not overwhelming mm. to somebody else. And when we can understand that, it makes such a huge difference. I remember when I was homeschooling and I wanted to start a book club for the girls in our homeschooling group. So we would read a book and then we get together at Starbucks. Moms would drop off the girls and we'd each order our coffee and we'd sit around and we'd discuss the book. Okay, that was my best day ever. I so enjoyed that. But the other moms were like, how can I pay you back? I'm like, well, you don't have to pay me back. And one of the moms says, I'll teach science. I'm like, what? What? So I get to do something I enjoy. She gets to do something she enjoys. And boy, it just made a huge difference. So they actually thought that what you were doing was work. They really did. I know. You know, and the the thing about that feeling that that any that everything in your entire life is up to you. Well, first of all, that's a totally overwhelming feeling. It really is. And when when you're sharing the responsibility, even if you're not all related and there's not a hierarchical structure, then then the responsibility is divided up. And that sense of it all being up to you is is gone it, because yeah. you realize you're part of a group and you've got support. It's not you all by yourself. It, it makes all the difference in the world. Okay, so our first kind of help was reciprocal help. The second kind is intern help. And so I know that many of you are not running your own businesses or something like that, but I consider kids interns. Absolutely. Okay, so how do you consider kids interns? How well, do you teach them? They're apprentices. And yeah. I'm going to have to speak more from regret than personal experience because... As a perfectionist, when my kids were younger, I did everything myself. Yeah. It was faster, it was easier, and it got done right. Yeah. And I have great regrets. And my kids have been very specific about some of their regrets <laughs> because they got out on their own and they had a very long list of things they didn't know how to do by themselves. Well, and I was going to say, probably your mom did a lot for you. Yes. And so it, it just made sense that that's mm-hmm. what a good mom does. But, but... If I could go back and do it again, right. I would be training them to not need me. I would yes. be training them and raising them for adulthood. I think I've told you that um, I had a friend who, before she had children, or no, she had two young children and then was diagnosed with a fatal illness mm. and had no idea how long she had to live. I don't think I've heard this. And okay. so every single day she trained them to live without her oh. from very, very, I mean, I think they were like preschoolers when she got wow. the diagnosis. Now she's still with us and her kids are in their twenties, mm-hmm. but she said they are absolutely independent. They can do anything. And and she didn't raise them with a sense of panic or fear. It was the, this is what I want you to be able to do. It gave her freedom. Yes. To know. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she's still with us. Yes. Thank God. And, but yes. Okay. So I would say I was batting maybe 50% in this. Good for you. Because, well, um, depends on which kids you talk to. <laughs> um, it wasn't one kid. Yes. And one kid. No. <laughs> but I remember the first week uh, my daughter going off to school. Now, when I say off to school, it was four miles from our house. Sure. But still, she was living on her own for the first time. And she came home on Sunday night for dinner. And she goes, thank you for teaching me how to do my own laundry. Mm. She said, 
most of the kids on her floor didn't know how to do laundry. She was yeah. teaching them yep. how to do laundry. They didn't know how to cook any of their own meal. They didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And so to me, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it because I'm like, dude, you put your clean clothes into the hamper again. I'm done doing your laundry. <laughs> I don't care if you have a pair of shorts and a basketball tank top that you have to wear for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So, yes, growing them up. So turning over more and more responsibility. Now, we didn't like one of my big regrets. How did we never teach our kids to do online banking, you know, to really balance, balance a checkbook, which is cute. Like Mm -hmm. who uses a checkbook? But you know what I mean? Balance a bank account. And so they've had to learn some of that through pain and Mm -hmm. trial. But I think that this is an excellent concept, especially now for the holidays. When I think about this. Like I'm turning over mm. meal items to my kids to mm-hmm. make. I, I don't have to be in charge of all this Mm-mm. stuff because you know I do think about this. What if something happened to me? And also, my kids are um, part of blended families, sure. so they're not always with me. Mm-hmm. So, and eventually, your kids are going to get married, and mm-hmm. they're going to be sharing holidays. And so they need to know how to do Mm -hmm. some of this stuff. Okay. So reciprocal help interns, three paid help. And this is the one that everybody balks at Yep, because everybody says that they cannot afford paid help. And I get it. There, there were many, 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 many years that I could not afford paid help. In fact, I was the paid help. I would go clean houses for people, things like that. But one of the things I've come to understand with working full-time and I work in my house. So like it's my office, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the last thing, the last thing I want to do, the overwhelming thing for Mm -hmm. me is cleaning the house. Mm -hmm. And so I still have to pick it up. I still have to organize, but scrubbing toilets makes me very, very sad. And so what I've come to understand is we've had um, the same house cleaner. She comes two times a month. And for the longest time, I felt so guilty. And Roger's like, why are you feeling guilty mm. for somebody, giving somebody a job? Ooh, uh, yeah. Good perspective. Okay, good perspective. Yes. And so, um, and I appreciate yeah. It's so much. It is just, it's my one little oasis Mm -hmm. in all of this craziness because people have to know I live with thousands of books. They, that may sound like a dream until you realize they're pretty much all the same title and they're written by me. I don't want to read them again. (laughs) And so I, you know, we're constantly shuffling and working. Mm -hmm. It's our workplace. And Roger says, you know what? Somebody cleans my office at work. Sure. Yeah. So we need to do that. So where have you employed paid help that has really, really helped you? You know, I finally came to the conclusion that, yes, it costs money to pay for help, but mm. there are other costs in life. That's so true. There is health. Mm-hmm. You can tell from my voice that I'm still recovering from something. Yeah. There's relational costs. Mm-hmm. If I'm busy doing something that I could pay someone else to do and I'm not being the one and only wife my husband has, right. there could be a cost to that. Mm-hmm. There is a cost to that. Yeah. Or the one, my, my children. I have two kids. They only have one mother. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody can do certain tasks. And right now I've hired a virtual assistant Mm -hmm. and it felt so luxurious. And, oh, but I'm capable of doing those things. But some of these are tasks that if I were to actually tell my kids, oh, I'm doing, you know, I'm responding to 25,000 emails. Okay, exaggerated. I'm I'm responding to a bunch of emails instead of spending time with you. I don't want to say that out loud. Um, You know, I'm, I'm catching up on some mailing I need to do instead of having a date night with my husband. I don't want to do that. And so uh, for the longest time, 
I used to make money the only measure of anything. Like it was mm. the only cost that mattered. Right. I've decided this stage of my life now, and I wish I decided it long ago, relationship is mm-hmm. the number one currency. Mm-hmm. Money's cheap. We can make yeah. more money. We can cut back in certain areas of our budget and we can we can pay for that paid help. But I can't make up for for for, for missed dates. I can't make up yeah. for missed conversations. Well, and I think about it, like one of the things you have to do as an author is have uh, illustrations or, you know, uh, pictures, graphics mm-hmm. with your blog posts, mm-hmm. with your podcast. When I try to do it, it <laughs> looks like a junior high project. Well, no, that's giving it <laughs> like, a like third, kindergarten. Yeah, I was say, it's really, really bad. And it is not fun for me. Yeah. And I, not everything has to be fun, but it just makes me feel stupid mm. all the time. And my I'm laptop like, I should be better. My yeah. laptop almost sails out the window yeah. when I try to do that. And and it, it really drags down my brand. Yes, yes. Well, and the thing is, it takes me so much time. And so I'd rather spend that time writing a blog. I'd rather spend those that time in my gifts mm-hmm. than in, you know, just the gritting it out and having to do it and not being happy with it. And so, you know, I believe in paying for babysitters mm. if you don't have mom and dad around. I believe in every once in a while, if you're sick, that's the time to buy the chicken soup instead of feeling like everything has to be made from scratch because you're trying to save that 20 extra cents there are reasons to pay for help we we transferred my Costco my husband's Costco card to my daughter oh I love it she because Roger hates Costco it's stress inducing for him Mm -hmm. and so we send Kimberly and we I'll be honest with you we pay her $15 an hour and it takes her about an hour and a half to do the Costco run and bring it to our house that's cheap and she puts it away and here's the thing I've come to understand when I'm at Costco (laughs) my needs suddenly go up yes because I'm like oh this is the last time I'll be here for yeah. a while so i need that extra rotisserie chicken i i need that oh, gift wrap my needs go up because i feel so persecuted i need the ice cream i yeah, need the yes, chocolate yes 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 and so when kimber goes i know i save more yeah. than 22 dollars yeah by not going myself well and there's you know when when we switch from thinking about oh they're the paid help to this is part of my team yes this is part of the group of people who are supporting me and i'm supporting them yes when I quit thinking about this as, oh, it's, it's, I'm losing money. Mm. They're taking my money. No, I'm investing in them and they're investing yeah. in me. It's a very reciprocal relationship. Everything changed when I thought of it that way. It really is true. Okay, so the last kind of help is cooperative help. And this, to me, is really figuring out how to divide the work in the mm. team you already have. So if it's a family member or something like that, and, uh, she, you know, we I was speaking at this event, and this mom was telling me how overwhelmed she was. And she, I said, well, what's the most overwhelming thing for you? And she goes, oh, the kids ram. I'm like, oh, kids are monsters. Yes, they're so, so messy. And I said, you know, and fighting with them about cleaning their rooms is so frustrating and she says well I don't fight with them about cleaning their rooms I clean their rooms and it's just no. overwhelming she did not she did okay I wasn't that bad <laughs> no um I call that choosing overwhelmed yeah I've just chosen to be overwhelmed yeah. by somebody else's situation so our families are supposed to be a team so dividing up the work raising our kids to know mm. this we're not here to serve mm. you. We're here to serve each other out of love. Yes. But I am not serving them by putting their clothes in the hamper. So 
Yeah. In our kitchen, I don't know if yeah. I told you about what no. we, we finally figured out, because we were bickering over who would clean the kitchen. Uh-huh. And we had the, that isn't my plate, that isn't my spoon. Well, I made the food, so you should clean it up. Right. And we finally came up with the idea that when you go in the kitchen, you move it to the next stage. Oh, okay. Whether or not you're the one who made the mess. Yeah. So if the dishwasher has just finished running and you walk into the kitchen, you unload it. Mm. And in, because I live near the beach and everything is so... Um, so moist in the air, mm. we put it all out to dry. Okay. So some of the next person walks in, there's dishes on the, on the um, counter that mm-hmm. have dried, they put it away. Got it. Okay. There's dishes in the sink because uh, the dishwasher had been running. Mm-hmm. Next person comes in, put it in the dishwasher. Mm. Now, this take, took time. Yeah. And of course, with younger children, they would have to be taught what that looks like. Yeah. I love it because it got rid of all of the bickering over who mm. did what, when, and right. how. The, the kitchen is never particularly completely spotless because, mm. you know, something's always a little in, in progress. In, in progress. But it keeps it completely moving. And we are all working together. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So our four things, reciprocal help, intern help, paid help, and cooperative Mm. help. Sherry, I want to end on this note. I know you used to think that building a team was selfish. I did. So tell me what has freed you from that thought that building a team is about you. Watching you build your team it looked so generous mm. because I didn't know that was going to be your answer. So I'm really glad <laughs> okay. I asked the it's question. In, it's in the book. <laughs> uh, oh, that's oh, I should probably go reread that. Yes, that's okay. Uh, no, watching you build your team, you are so generous about matching up what you either hire or you know the interns, but how you match up the jobs with the people to make sure it's a good match, mm. uh, so that the right person. Um, is is doing the right job and realizing that none of us can be ourselves all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. We all need help. Yeah. And it's taught me, I don't want to be the person who's constantly asking for help at the last minute. Right. When I can't articulate it, everything's a disaster. And really, I'm not asking for help anymore. I'm asking for rescue. Yeah. I want to be the person who asks for help way early on when people can tell me what they have to offer. They can do it on their own schedule so they don't resent me and I don't feel guilty and ashamed, but they're bringing it to me, feeling proud of what they've done. I'm receiving it. And and, and the whole thing feels like a real exchange of equals. Mm -hmm. That that is what's made me a believer Uh, in building a team. I love it. I hope that this gives you just a little encouragement about building your team, especially if you're in that place of overwhelmed, the asking for help, the receiving of help, it all goes into living that peace and that joy and that love that God has intended for us. Sherry, thanks so much for being on. Thanks again for having me. Hey, you've been listening to Clutter Free Academy. I'm Kathy Lip. Our hope, our goal is for you to declutter everything in your heart, your home, and your life. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.